interesting facts about Longyearbyen. This is the Wilder Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and I'm about a week away from getting onto a plane and flying back north up to Svalbard. Now, if any of you have been listening to my content for a while, you'll know that it's one of my favorites each year, and not having been able to get there since 2019, thank you COVID, has uh, it, put a, it put a bit of a, a knock on my plans of visiting Svalbard 10 years in a row. So I'm not sure if I should keep counting now because I had the, the COVID break as such, or do I start again? Either way, you would have also have heard me say that stepping into long when, when, when the plane lands and you step out of the plane, the doors open, you feel that cold blast of air coming onto you, it feels like you're stepping into a movie. There's something almost cinematic about this place. It's the, it's the angry black rocks covered with the white puffy snow. It's the town, the little wooden houses, the colors. Everything here just speaks to unique kind of quirky, if you will. So with me heading up, I haven't traveled internationally for quite a while. And up until last week, Thursday, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, whatever, that's fine. But I then recorded a video, which you can find on the Wild Eye YouTube, where I talk the guests who are joining me, I talk them through what they should take, uh, what to expect, and so on and so forth. And while I was doing that, I had to go through my images and find some content, some pictures of, for example, my slippers, which is a big deal in Svalbard, um, my photo gear and so on. And suddenly I'm like, okay, cool, I'm ready to go. And while I then started Googling over the weekend, I found a couple of quirky facts, which I've, some of these I've experienced myself, others I've spoken to people about, but I'm going to just share a few with you. There's one or two that are really bizarre, but it is a fantastic place. So in no particular order, here are a few interesting facts about Longyearbyen. Now, the, the actual town, Longyearbyen, is the biggest one on Svalbard Archipelago. There's Borensburg, which is the Russian settlement, and then New Alessund, which is a research uh, village as such. If you, I'll share some content when I get back. But uh, John Longyear started the Arctic Coal Company, and he set up a mining operation for around 500 people in 1906. And the settlement was then known as Longyear City, based on his name and city. So today, Longyearbyen, meaning Longyear City, that's what it's called. So an American actually started that because of all the mining operations. Now, this next one to me is unusual because in Africa we do not do this, but in a lot of the Scandinavian countries up north, I'm not sure if it's Europe as a whole, but it's to take off your shoes. So it's a local custom to take your shoes off indoors and at every single hotel, restaurant, museum, everything, there's nice racks. You've got shoe racks, you get your thing in and off you go. Some of the places do provide slippers, uh, but otherwise you just sock it. Does, is that a thing? Sock it? <laughs> anyway, now I remember my first trip to Svalbard. I was walking around and I wanted to post a, a postcard home to my family because it's the most northern post box in the world, something like that. And next to it is a bank. And at the bank, they had this sign of a ski mask with a, um, uh, a no entry sign. So you can't enter if you're wearing a ski mask. And I'm like, wow, that's not normal in South Africa. And also, obviously, guns. So you have to check your gun at the door. With more than 3,000 polar bears living in and around Svalbard, they can be curious and sometimes hungry, often not eating for a while. So a lot of people carry high-powered rifles in the settlement because if you go around, even if you walk out, there's that very popular um, sign, which is a triangle with polar bear. 
So watch for polar bears from here on. So it's, it's a usual sight to see people carrying guns around town, but you're not allowed to take them into buildings. And there's this one sign, if you walk up the main street there, there's a, a, like a fur shop. And the sign there says, all the polar bears in this shop are already dead. Please leave your weapon with the staff. And I'm just, I'm again, I'm thinking, if this was Africa, it just wouldn't be the same as that. Anyway, so snow scooters. The first time I got there as well, it, this is about 2012, 11, 12, I got there for the first time. And um, there's a lot of snow scooters. So there's no roads outside the settlement of Longyearbyen, Barentsburg, or New Alessund. And they don't connect. So if you, if you want to get between these places, you need a snowmobile. So they're called scooters in Svalbard, and they're crucial for transportation during the winter months. That there are actually, and this is a number, there are around 4,000 snow scooters in Longyearbyen and permanent residents about two, two and a half thousand. So there's more scooters than, uh, than actual people. So when I'm going up now, my guests and I won't see the sun set at all. There's no night. It's midnight sun. So the sun sets each year for the last time on October 25th, each year in Longyearbyen. And then you've got about four months of dark. The sun officially comes up again around the 8th of March, and then it's, it clicks up from the horizon. So I was speaking in this video that I recorded for my, my guests, that even though you get up at 1, 2 in the morning, the sun is low, so there's this beautiful, beautiful, soft quality of light when we go up now. But can you imagine, like close to the October the 25th and March the 8th, how amazing the, the the light must be because you got this the sun bouncing just up and down over the horizon i've seen some images i haven't been there that time yet the latest i've been in svalbard is end of august but i still plan to be there during every single season it's amazing right um Longyearbyen is home to the world's most northern most gourmet restaurant the historic husset is the world's northernmost restaurant and it boasts one of Europe's largest wine cellars with more than 20,000 bottles. There's also a tasting menu. Now, we were, some of my guests and I were planning to go there this time now. And apparently on the website, they're closed. So I'm still scratching around. There's a, there's a phenomenal other restaurants. Croa is the one we go to often. Uh, the Radisson's not too bad. But there's um, Cafe Fruin in the middle of town. Beautiful coffees, breakfasts. And they make amazing polar bear chocolates. So, yeah, who said hopefully I'll get to this time around. Speaking of northernmosts, obviously with them being so far north, the world's most northern church, ATM, post office, museum, commercial airport, and universities are all located inside of Longyearbyen. Now, in the video I recorded for my guests, now even if you're not going, you can go, go and watch it on YouTube. It's a pretty cool watch just to kind of give you an idea. And in there I mentioned there's basically just one, arguably two streets. Now, the streets in Longyearbyen do not have names. They simply go by a number. It's as simple as that. And you really can't get lost. Like for real, you can't get lost there. Uh, pets, you can't have a cat as a pet. Now, it's Svalbard is home to an abundant Arctic bird population, and cats will obviously be a problem for them. So Svalbard, the government, the Sisselman, who's the, the Sisselman is the governor, has prohibited them. Even though you can't have a cat, reindeers do wander through town. The Svalbard reindeers, they don't have natural predators. It has been, has been um, documented that polar bears do take them once in a while, but it's not a common thing. So these things are ridiculously chill. So they wander right through town, and they're not generally bothered by people. I can't remember a trip where I didn't see reindeer and Arctic fox in and around the town. Just trying to think. No, there's always been um, Arctic fox when I was there. 
All right, another one. Long event is built on stilts. Now, because the ground in, in Svalbard is permafrost, which means it's the soil is permanently frozen year-round, the permafrost ranges from between 10 and about 40 meters deep. The active layers melt each summer as the temperature rises, so the stilts or piles keep the buildings away from the active layer to prevent flooding and sinking. It's if, if you go there towards end of the season, or when there hasn't been snow around for a while, you can see all the stilts. Everything is on stilts. It's up because of the permafrost. Now, with that, right, the permafrost, it is illegal to die in Longyearbyen. Yes, you heard me right. Death is forbidden. Longyearbyen only has a small graveyard that stopped accept accepting new burials over 70 years ago because the bodies don't decompose. It's a problem. Scientists found that bodies are perfectly preserved because of the permafrost. So if you want to die, you need to go elsewhere. Um, I then looked into this one a little bit because it is interesting. Um, it's dang, in 1950 when locals discovered that bodies weren't decomposing in the cemetery because of the frigid weather. And then what also would happen is the permafrost sometimes pushes those bodies up. All right. So, in fact, the scientists who exhumed some of the corpses of those who died in the 1918 flu pandemic, they pulled the bodies up in 1998. They were able to retrieve live samples of the virus from way back. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, what else do we have here? Snow scooters, the sun doesn't rise. Uh, me quickly, I had another one here that was pretty cool. Snow community, firearms, lockers, the Arctic silence. This, to me, there's something, if you're in the African bush in the middle of the night, it's quiet, but there's a bird here and a there. I don't think I've ever had more intense silence than in Svalbard. Either in the town, if you go up to the glacier, if there's no wind going, you hear nothing. You know, when you, you hear nothing to the point where it's loud and it's this almost like a whistling sound in your ear. That's kind of what it's like. It is just, it's amazing. And what we do sometimes, this all depends on the ice conditions, is we will, up in the north, once we go past the north coast, we would take the, the Stockholm, our little icebreaker, and we would ram it into the ice, into the pack ice. And if the captain reckons it's safe, we'll sleep there for the night. Turns everything off. I was laying in my cabin at about two in the morning, and now because we are, the boat is still, everything's off, you could hear through the hull of the ship, I could hear seals in the water squeaking at distance. It is phenomenal. So that quietness is something, and I think for a lot of people, it actually scares them. It, uh, it's, uh, it's a scary thing to be that quiet because always used to um, noise everywhere, always. Okay, let's do one more here. And this one I experienced firsthand. A monthly quota on alcohol if you live there. Now, although Longyearbyen is now a modern community, some of the old customs and traditions have been preserved. There's a, an, quite an amazing selection of alcohol um, in the Nordpollet, I think it's called, at the local supermarket, uh, Svalbard Boutique. And that's right, it's a blue thing. To buy beer or liquor, as a visitor, you have to show your passport and return plane tickets because locals have a monthly quota and must get their alcohol rationing card stamped each time. This dates back to the old days here when officials could buy as much wine as they wanted, but the miners, who only drank beer and liquor, probably brandy, had limits placed on consumption. So I remember one year we had to, one of our clients wanted something very specific to drink. So I said to the captain on day of invocation, uh, we need this. So he said, okay, cool, they'll arrange it, but I need to come with them. So I was like, first, why do you need me for this? I mean, you know where it is. No, 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 I've got to bring my plane ticket and my passport. And that's when we had to do this. So 
I had to show them my passport and that I'm leaving, then I could buy whatever I wanted. But if you're a local, you can get shit-faced only if you plan ahead, I guess. <laughs> buy in ration, so to speak. And I mean, I get it, is SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. If you have four nights, four, four months of pure night, pitch dark, and you just get fucked up every night, that's not going to be good for you. So that is where the quota thing does come from. But yeah, Svalbard, long you've been, long you're a city. It's an absolutely incredible place. Um, I'm leaving on Sunday. I'm spending one night in Oslo on the 16th, one night and a day in Longyearbyen. So I'll be doing some content from there, which I'll share when I get back. We're 10 days on the boat on the Stockholm, totally out of signal, totally out of range, there's nothing. And then one night after the, the, the trip as well, I think it's on the 28th, evening of the 28th of May, I'm going to be doing a live on my Instagram that day, also a takeover on the Wild Eye Feet. Uh, obviously, it won't be live polar bears, maybe, but I'll share stuff from the trip. So I'll be compiling some content throughout the trip and then drop it all when I get back. It is phenomenal to the point where I would very much like to visit Longyearbyen one year from like the 20th of, sorry, the 22nd of December over New Year's, over Christmas, over New Year's, because it's pitch dark. And I've seen some of the amazing images where someone, you go up to the glacier and then you take pictures down and you've got this dark, dark place just with the street lights and lights of the buildings and stuff. It is just spectacular, very special place. So there you go, some random information for you about Long Yibin, about Long Year City. And I'll be sharing more of this down the line when I get back. I am thinking about taking my podcasting equipment with me because there are proper characters in this town. Some of them I know already now. We've, we've had a couple of drinks as, over the years. I might want to have a chat to some of them. I think it could be really interesting. It'll all depend on packing, though. Anyway, that's me for this episode. Guys, if you have any questions on pretty much anything, just drop me a line, jerry at wildeye.co.za or jerry from the vault on every single social media platform, and I'll share more content from Long Yemen when I'm back in about three weeks from now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for lending me your ears. I'll chat in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one.